We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep Podcast Network. This is a collaboration podcast featuring myself, Ty Windish, my co-host, Rohan Kadi, winning sixes superstar, Jordan Tresky, and by proxy, Adam McGee, who unfortunately could not make the scheduled time, but we've got his tenants on the trade deadline, so we will share those throughout the pod as well, but excited we're a week away from recording and from when this will first go up from the nba trade deadline there is a lot of speculation as always i don't know if we're gonna see oh we could see a superstar uh a star uh move at the deadline but (laughs) fellas how's it going doing well excited for the trade deadline it's uh it's a very exciting time of year i feel like exciting is going to be a word that's used a lot but uh uh it's you know, ramping up, everyone's, all the teams are trying to get their pieces in place for a playoff push or tanking. It's just, it's, it's a good time of year. It's a busy time of year and uh, ready to dive into it. I am excited, but I'm also probably on the side of uh, downplaying expectations. <laughs> like it's good for the Bucks to be in a position where it's like, oh, they don't have to make a big swing or all that stuff. I mean, we don't have to worry about a superstar that isn't playing for the team and is <laughs> DMing Shaquille O'Neal, apparently. I don't, <laughs> like all that stuff. Wait, did I miss that? I missed that too. Yeah, that's apparently something I saw today. Anyway, the the big swings are not in the Bucks' favor, but there's obviously room for moves to be made on the margins. and But there's also severe limitations that would prevent them from making big moves. So... Yeah, so we're going to approach this podcast in three distinct sections. First, just kind of an overview of quickly like what the Bucks have and um, what they might need without going too deep into specific players because section two, we'll each throw out our favorite current fake trade, um, either that's been floated out there by others or that we just came up with ourselves. 
And and Adam just sent a list of targets because he can't be bothered to use the trade machine anymore. So we'll read those too. And then third, we'll talk about some potential feasible, at least somewhat feasible, deals that could shake up the landscape, right? Because as you mentioned, Jordan, I think, I lost track already. The Bucks aren't probably going to shift too much about their team. There could be a slightly big move, but at the very, very least, the big three is set. You know, that's not going to change. But there could be a, a star player not playing who is playing after the de- deadline or who knows what else. So we'll, we'll go through some options and scenarios there um, that could shake up the league and alter the, the Bucks' outlook for the rest of the season. But first, what they have, as you mentioned, Jordan, not much. Second round picks, no first round picks to trade. Um, so I think they have like five of them. They actually have still a decent amount, even after the Sam Merrill for Grayson Allen trade. And of course, the quote unquote young core, the two players that Bucks Twitter thinks is getting you everyone from Tyrese Halliburton to Harrison Barnes, even though the salaries are not even close to everyone else, Dante DiVincenzo and Jordan Wara. Also, you know, there's... A lot of people are throwing George Hill into trades. I'm not super fond of that. He's on the roster, makes $4 million. You know, everyone wants to trade Shemi. Just, I don't know what team is like, yeah, we're dying for Shemi. He doesn't make enough to even be that useful of a salary block, but everyone wants to trade Shemi. Um, That's about, I mean, am I missing anything? Are there any big assets I haven't talked about? I mean, you're delving into different conversations here when you talk about a guy like Brooke Lopez, right? Yeah. Because that's like, are they going to trade him if they don't believe he can make it back for the playoffs, which uh, according to reports from a while ago now, the Bucks do have optimism that he will return before the regular season is up. Did you see my tweet? No, I did not. He's got all one inch of his vertical back. He's firing threes in the background of the all access video. I'm waiting oh, for nice. the Bucks to edit that part out of the video now that it's, had, there's been attention called to it. But he is he's shooting threes. And he, we know he doesn't need a vertical to really do anything for the Bucks. So, Never has. <laughs> so if they uh, if they decide to include him in trades, that gets that makes things a little spicier because that's an actual tradable salary. It's a little over ten million, so you can you can have some fun there. But I don't necessarily believe that they're going to do that. Also, they have don't they have like a? It's very small. It's oh, not, the trade exception. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically if you I don't think even minimum players would apply, right? Cuz it's like 1.6. So it's like right on the cuz it's from the Tory Craig basically. Yeah, yeah it's 1.6 million. Yeah. Uh, according, I don't think this is correct. According to Trade NBA, it actually expires today. Um so I I don't know cuz all the dates are messed up because of when the various Oh yeah. Thing so I don't know if that's yeah, be moved or not. Cuz the calendar is so prorated. Yeah, it's got to be prorated. Right? I would think the, so. The deadline was late March last year because of obviously the whole season starting in December. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I so mean there's also an 831,000 one from DJ Augustine that is supposed to expire soon. That, I think, is literally useless at this point. It is. Uh, and then $1.5 million from the Sam Merrill trade. So basically very similar to the Tory Craig one. Yeah, not, not exactly needle moving. They have an open roster spot. They basically have this tool already, but whatever. <laughs> John Horst just like MacGyver's those trade exceptions out of nowhere. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, we, we know John Horst's history with trade acceptance. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> let's but let's move it along here. One, but aside from one last just, note on Lopez. Oh, Sorry. It does open up a lot more possibilities in terms of salary, like you said. But from an assets perspective, if he's not going to play this year, it's probably a negative asset contract, right? I mean, as much as we all love Brooke, Is it expiring last year or next no, year? Next year, yes. Yeah. So, but okay. typically, I mean, if he's expiring at this season, then it's like, yeah, nobody cares. It's like the Joe Ingles thing, right? Like people are saying Joe Ingles yeah. being out for the year doesn't really change Utah's perspective that much, which is dark to think about. But yeah. like the teams mostly who would take him on don't really care about Joe Ingles. It's like get some money off the books, whatever. But next year, like I don't know how many teams want a, a big man who's going to be sidelined through the rest of this season on their books for next year. So, you know, at very least, it's like a neutral asset. Like maybe we get Brooke Lopez and we can trade him or, you know, whatever. It's not that much next season. But it's not like there's no team out there who's like, oh, you're going to include Brooke Lopez. We're going to up our offer. That's the sad thing about the situation. One of the many sad things about the situation is that it's like, yeah, it opens you up in salary, but you still are only offering like Dante who is expiring, Wara who is expiring, second round picks. So there's just yeah. – it seems like there's a very hard ceiling on the actual value that the Bucks could bring back in the trade. Yeah. And for those reasons, that's why I was saying I don't think they're necessarily going to include him in a trade, but I felt like it was worth mentioning as an answer. No, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It does open up uh, more possibilities that are worth talking about. But okay. So that's what the Bucks have. Not much, essentially. Let's talk about what the Bucks need. Um, I think some of this is is a little obvious, but I will open the floor up to Jordan first. Actually, you know what? Instead of being all-encompassing, you can only pick one thing. Because I do think there's probably two that are up in the running. I think there's kind of a third one, a little bit. The third one, probably none of us would pick as our one. But if you could only trade for one type of player, what would you go for? I, if I if for trade, this is very key for me. For trade, I would do probably wing defender. I think Michael Scotto of Hoopsite. Mentioned, I mean, it's not a surprise. Shemi hasn't worked out. They moved on for PJ Tucker. We all know that, you know, whole story. Um, that's where you're going to get some value. Um, I, Adam and I talk about this all the time on the podcast that they actually have a positional need because Brooke is out. So you would be tempted to get a big, but I also think those are pretty gettable in buyout markets. And just, you know, there could be names that just, you know, lead their teams for whatever reason. They don't have a role. They are stuck on a bad team, which there are a few. Um, I just think it's a little bit more of an easier path to find someone rather than they still need some kind of switchy defender that can play the three, the four. Um, Wes Matthews has been really necessary like necessary to this team um for better or for worse <laughs> um and but I don't, he like as much as he does it, give them size on the wing i don't i don't want to see him uh take up nikola jokic again or these kind of front court guys where it's like you it's just you're putting him in a position where it's not necessarily just to succeed it's more of like 
hey, we're just putting you on there because we don't want to put Giannis on there for 48 minutes or whatever the case may be. So I, I would probably prioritize in a trade um, a wing defender who they are. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's where it gets very tough. Yeah, I think I would have to agree with that sentiment there. Just like in terms of like who I think the Bucks should be targeting via trade, I would even maybe specify it a little more. And it's like, instead of someone who's like a three, four, I'd say straight just a four and someone who could even downsize a little bit more or not deep downsize. What's the opposite of downsize? Upsize? That doesn't sound yeah. Right. yeah. That doesn't sound great though. It doesn't right. sound great. Upgrade, not upgrade though. <laughs> I think actually people would probably say size up. Size, Size up. up. Yeah, That's there it. There we go. English is such a stupid language. Oh my god! But <laughs> like, it's it's like someone who could play the four and someone who is capable of taking on front court guys, like you mentioned, Jordan. Someone who's going to be able to defend, stay on the floor. I'm basically saying they need to trade for a PJ Tucker. Is what I'm saying right now, and because we saw in the playoffs last season. P.J. Tucker unlocked different lineups for the Milwaukee Bucks that were not previously available to him. He was a guy, and I know maybe he's not a perfect example because he's a little smaller. He's like, what, 6'4", 6'5", something like that? I think he's um, 6'5". And he was like 6'5", on a good day, so we'll say that. Uh, like, in the finals, they they put him on Devin Booker. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, P.J., you're a starting four. Go or starting three, two, three, whatever. Yeah, just go guard Devin Booker, but also like be capable of switching on the fives. Like, yeah, you, you can do that, right? Obviously, that's a lot to expect, and you can't expect someone, uh, especially in this sort of market, to uh, be able to provide all of that for the Bucks. But at least, at least someone who's a capable defender at the four who can both, I guess, size up and downsize a little bit and won't get played off the floor offensively. Needs to be able to handle themselves offensively. Mm. I agree with you guys. I think I think we're all operating from the same premise that Brooke comes back. If Brooke doesn't come back, I think the answer does change. And you probably need more of a four slash five or both or maybe even just a five. Because I would disagree. I, I would disagree with that. I would disagree I, with I that. I would not. I would agree with what I said. I would imagine you would. <laughs> um, but the reason I'm pushing back on that a little bit is because what I mentioned earlier in terms of lineup flexibility with these fours, in the sense that we saw PJ be a guy who can play next to Giannis at the five, and Giannis at the five lineups just absolutely dominate throughout the entire playoffs. Even though Brooke Lopez was a massive, massive part of this team during the last postseason run, we saw his role get a little bit marginalized. He excelled in that marginalized role, don't get me wrong. They don't win the title without Brooke Lopez. But that role became a little bit more marginalized, and we saw... Giannis at the five lineups with these tweener forwards sort of just take off and dominate. So that's why I would still say that's a priority because they don't currently have that player. If you want to have, they, they at least have a five technically in Bobby Portis. No, he's, he's, no. he's technically he's not. Uh, he's there though. What I'm saying is he's there. If they he's don't not, have the really. player. I'll, I'll pose you, you this question. I'll pose you this. And if you, if you can't, if you have to, scrap your entire defense to accommodate playing him as the nominal five is he really a five or are you just admitting you're like the bucks are admitting like he's not like we have to we have to play all these i mean you can play you can play defenses with fives on the floor that are not drop defense it's not just because they're not playing drop doesn't mean he's not a five what is no but i do center stuff does he do defensively besides get cooked he's big he's not big enough um 
who's more who is more of what is Bobby Portis more of a five or is Chris Middleton more of a four? Bobby's more of a five. I disagree. I would say Middleton's more of a four. I think I would feel a lot better asking Chris to play the four than I do Bobby the five. I think, I think the in, five is a bigger hole. Go ahead, Jordan. That's why I prioritize it. I think the key to this is it's how the Bucks want to play. And they, I mean, they're doing their damnedest right now to play as good as they can defensively. And Bobby, we all know his limitations. I mean, even like you watched that Wizards game last night, or last night, a couple nights ago. And when the Wizards were trying to get back into the fourth quarter and all that stuff, and it's like repeatedly putting him into like actions and stuff like that. Like he's not the greatest mover, obviously defensively, and he's a good rebounder, but he doesn't, what, what is key with Brooke is that he's the anchor where he could just level out guys and clear out space for them to dominate the glass. It's not the case with Bobby or Giannis, if we're being honest. Um, so that's where it gets a little different where they, they're they doing what they can with him playing at the five, and he is such a good offensive player for them that it kind of off or not, or offsets the what they're losing defensively. But – they're still playing not the way that they want to play. They're not, they're still, they're still prizing versatility, but they're everything's still kind of based on wanting to play drop. And it's, I don't know. That's where Bobby kind of just, it's really tough for him. The reason I'm saying that I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. Don't get me wrong. I, I do agree with this sentiment. The reason I would prioritize more of a four is that we saw that the Bucks were at their best without Brooke or Bobby on the floor. Yeah, that's so true. that like if you want to be a team that reaches its absolute apex, you need players who are capable of facilitating those lineups, which they currently do not have against yeah. the teams they played in the playoffs last year. Maybe. I think they're a lot better with Brooke Lopez if you're playing Philly in the playoffs or if you're playing Denver in the finals. Even Cleveland, I mean, right now their first round matchup, it seems like they're kind of going back and forth with four. Who's the four seed, fifth seed? But Cleveland, that's a big front court right there and yeah. they've had trouble with them already and i think Brooke really i, I take against... a little stock in those regular season games i mean yeah that's fine but i'm saying matchup yeah. wise like still no I, I i i see that sentiment but i'm just like my base point is saying for the bucks to reach their best their best form they need someone who's capable of facilitating the honest of the five lineups yeah I think they need the flexibility but i i if you have to pick one i feel better about being comfortable with my option with a strong five next to Giannis, so he can really be unlocked as that help defender, which is what they, they keep trying to do this. It's just not working, like, against strong offensives. I mean, the Denver game was it didn't have to be as bad as it was, but it was a massacre. Like, I would rather – I feel more comfortable if I have to push Chris into playing more four when, when uh, Giannis is at the five than I do with Bobby or someone like that at the five in bad matchups for him. Like, I think at a certain point, uh, you just – it's kind of wild. We have we don't talk more, not just us three, but like Bucks discourse. Why is Chris Middleton not the four? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, 
the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. He doesn't have the bigger guys well. Just too much offensive low, because I feel like he used to be the elite, an elite 3 and D player. He's not, he's, not, he's not an elite defender anymore. I know, but it's like... You can. You don't have to be a. Which I think is the. I think that's the biggest issue, though, I, is that he's just is. not who he used to be defensively. But he, I think it's. It was like how when West came a couple of years ago, alleviating the load for him defensively did wonders for him offensively. Like that. Yeah. He was a, that was the second All Star year. Was flirty with fifty, forty, ninety as he does, and then falls off late. And we're like, well, well, there we go. <laughs> but like he. It's not a matter of, like he isn't um as good defensively, even though I do agree with that. Yeah. It's more of like if you're play if he's one of your high usage guys, you don't want him to kind of really I mean, I'm trying to think of like fours around the east or you know, you don't want him necessarily like match up on Kevin Love, even though that isn't totally bad. I John, like it's John just, Collins. Yeah, I feel good about yeah, that kind of like Harris. these like very explosive fours, even though I can't think of a single Tatum. one off my yeah. Yeah, I, I just think it's more of like preserving his just overall workload rather than Julius Randle. Imagine Chris Middleton on Julius Randle. Imagine the Knicks in the playoffs. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> don't have to worry about that one. I think the no. real, I think that and also rebounding. He's under five, under six per game again. He was at six for the last three years, which is not terrible, but he's just is- not a super strong guy. He doesn't play super yeah. strong. He doesn't play. I was going to say, more, I feel like he is. I feel like he has all the tools. He just does not play that way. That's more of where I am, though. Like, I like we have, like, the position that we kind of, like, want to lock down. But the reason why, like, PJ is a good example. Is like, yeah, he's 6'5". He just is built, like, a freaking tree. Like, he has, like, tree trunk legs. Like, he can go up against DeAndre Aiden and then switch up to Devin Booker in game six of the finals or, you know, high leverage spots. He's literally been a starting center. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. Yeah. They just don't like Brooke is just a massive person, but like outside of that, like they, they, it's more of like the body type that they kind of need. And I'm like, as we'll get into, like, there's not a lot of those guys. They're just like super 
mobile, super strong, uh, can hit threes, like, and you're asking him to not be a center. And it's just really, really tough to find guys that are just like PJ. He's an anomaly in a lot of ways, both in his career arc, but just the way he's built and that he's last this long too. So like, that's where I'm kind of at where I, they certainly tried to do the shemmy, but he hasn't played in forever. And then there's a reason Good. why. <laughs> yeah. You can't do anything at all. Um, yeah. is the, is the issue there. I do think that's, that's ultimately, that's why the West Chris, like three, four thing, as much as I maybe would prefer it to not having any center options at all. That is why it's not sustainable just as like the plan. Those guys combine this year to average less than eight rebounds per game. And I just don't know if you can consistently win when you're three and four are putting like combining for that few rebounds. I mean, it helps that Drew is a good rebounder. Um, if Grayson's starting, he's just been okay, like three and a half. When Dante was starting, I think that covered some of those things too, because Dante is for all the warts an excellent rebounder. That's probably the thing he does best on, on both yeah, ends. He's a forward trapped in a guard's body. That's Pretty, the problem. But like a forward who also <laughs> can't really dunk consistent. It's weird. Um, we could spend all day <laughs> talking about what Dante is or isn't. Um, but I think, I think we covered it well. And I think the debate really illustrates that there are two different things. Yes. They need. If Brooke comes back, I think one of them, like the, the reasons we talked about, like if you can find a center as maybe a throw in, in maybe the trade for the four or buyout, that's fine if you expect Brooke to come back. Like you don't need Brooke and another center to play every night. They could use one right now though, which was like the whole crux of the boogie thing. Like they just need a guy. They're just so small. But uh-huh. the four is the one that's like there's no guy. No one's coming through that door to paraphrase the common Twitter game. Like they're not bringing PJ back from an injury. He's just gone. Not bringing Yorgios. <laughs> no, they're certainly not. Could you I forgot about him. Imagine if they, I don't think they can. I don't think they can bring him back. But no. imagine if they – He's on a team. Did he get he's on the Thunder. Thunder? Yeah. Oh, my God. What, a, what is going on with the Thunder and former Bucks? It's like the weirdest Houston-Detroit continuation thing of like <laughs> – we only want the guys who have never played real minutes for the Bucks. <laughs> DJ Wilson, Diakite, uh, now Kalitzikis. Like it's ridiculous. Uh, Javante Smart's going to be on the way, man. It's 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 destined. <laughs> um, is Justin Robinson already there. He did play for OKC last year, so there is. Oh my god, <laughs> connection. Um, quickly before we move on to the the fake trades, I want to go back to. I mentioned there was a third thing. And kind of a role. And I didn't think – and no one did say it. I didn't think anyone would. Can I guess what it is? Yeah. Point guard depth? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just like basically a third – it's kind of like the center thing of just like insurance there. Just because there have been times like when Grayson's out of the lineup or slumping and Hill is out and Hill's going to be out for a little while now. And he's also just old and is not super offensively consistent game to game. They're so thin there, and that's why we like we saw Javante Smart playing NBA minutes. Uh, we haven't really seen that with Wigginton yet. We saw Justin Robinson play a ton early in the year, yeah. and that did not go well. So just having even like a, another combo guard, and I know they're, they're trying the Dante thing. He's just not a point guard. Like he he can handle a little bit. He throws some nice passes, but I just don't. Sometimes think they go to the right guy. 
Occasionally they do. He he'll make that's that's the problem with. He'll Dante. try his best. He'll try. He'll make like cool passes, but sometimes they're just out of bounds or right to a defender, and it's like, <laughs> oh cool. It's like oh he's going for a skip pass here, and it just like goes right through someone's hands, and it's like cool, Dante. I like I like the energy. I like the intensity. Well, like, hit your guy, please. I actually think that's, like, why it's so hard for some fans to evaluate Dante. Because if you just try, like, the Bucks did this recently, right? Like, the best of Dante, like, all is He looks amazing. Like, the high end of Dante outcomes. It's like, oh, my God, this guy's incredible. And then you watch the whole game, and it's like, okay, that that's two of ten. Oh, he's 0 for 7 from yeah, the field. And exactly. Did he hit any of his threes? Oh, right. okay. Oh, he's got four turnovers and three assists. And, yeah, yeah. And honestly. I think, honestly, he has a one- Assist to turnover ratio. Yeah. It's even, dead even. And it's like, it's half of the most beautiful, like the turnovers are the worst turnovers and the assists are the most beautiful assists. He's a very polarizing uh, player. Like if you catch him on all the right nights, I like, I think this is what the Bucks are hoping for at the trade deadline. Some GM is like only tuning into the right games. They're like, this guy's a stud. We need this guy. Maybe they saw the highlight package. Yeah, exactly. I think that's why they <laughs> And this season he's at 1.7 assists, 1.5 turnovers. Yeah. Did you watch the NCAA tournament from four years ago? <laughs> He's a clutch time player. Comes through yeah. in the biggest moments. Um, but yeah, just and especially if they do trade him, then then you're even out that of like the emergency reserve point guard. So it, this doesn't have to be a big move at all. Like Corey Joseph, I don't know. Uh, he'd be fine to have. Maybe even Frank Jackson. I think the Pistons just have a couple of point guards there. Not really using that much, like yeah. someone like that. Not nothing big, but it'd just be nice. People are gonna say Teague. Even Teague, I think, would be a little a little helpful, even if he's not playing when George and, and Drew are healthy. It's so what's he tough. up to? Chilling. <laughs> he's got his A. He's got his ring. He's <laughs> he's good. He's he's becoming a teacher. That's what he's. <laughs> he's like, I got the A on the group project. I'm going to be the teacher now. This is the last final he needed to pass. <laughs> oh. Okay, should we should we do fake trades? Yeah. Okay. Right, oh, wait, wait, wait. Adam stuff before we forget. Oh, oh yeah. yes, yes. The yes. disrespect. Adam's tenants of the trade deadline. I'll read them. I'm not going to do an accent. I think it'd be insulting. It would be for sure. Yeah. Um, so these are these. There's one, two, three. One, go big or go home. Barring an amazing opportunity at another position, the only move should be for a center. So he's all in on centers. Kind of on my side, sort of. Although my thing is the. I'm shocked. Well, that I'm is just shocking. absolutely shocked that Usually Adam wants the big guys. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a good point. Uh, number two, if the right player or deal isn't there, don't force it. Horse needs to be prepared to play the buyout market, no matter how grim. Editors know it'll probably be pretty grim. Or even Stan Pat. This team could still win it all. It's not the time for panic moves for the sake of making a move. And number three, I know you guys dove into this on the last win in six, I think. Or was it two win in sixes ago? Personality might be just as important as basketball fit right now for the Bucks. That's the last one, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. It all bleeds together. Yeah. Go listen <laughs> to every, every win in six ever to make sure you don't miss that. Starting from the first one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's you need about three years of your life to do it all, but it's it's worth exactly. the time. Maybe um, more, and, probably five. Yeah. It's five like what, three hundred something, right? Three hundred fifty, nearly sixty at this point now. Wow. You're basically yeah. at a point. Like I think someone, if they wanted to listen to all of them in a year, they'd have to listen to more than an hour a day. 
Oh, oh, way more. There are some that are um, <laughs> godly long. They're, they're, we were basically streaming the podcast without streaming. That's what, how long they would be. <laughs> um, and then let's – this is a good segue. So he also just included realistic targets. So hopefully this doesn't spoil too many of our trades we brought. But his ranked top three realistic targets, Derek Favors, Mo Bamba, Alex Len. So let's get into the fake trades. Let's start. Did that? Uh, did anyone do a fake trade with those three guys? Any of them? No, no. I did not. Looked at um, Bomba, but I was like, mm, the Bomba ones are popular. It's not a. It's not a. I, I think it's actually just to quickly talk about that because there's a lot of people who are high on Mo Bamba. Seems relatively possible. I. I it feels to me like Orlando is prioritizing Carter Jr. and they kind of just want to get something. They extended him, right? Carter? I think they did. That sound because it was it was like a baby extension. Yeah, <laughs> I what? like that term. I want that. Yeah, to it, was a, it was a baby. It's actually it looks awesome now. Four years, fifty million. That's a John, bad. That's a John Hammond special right there. Hell that yeah. is How John Hammond because he, he still thinks it's like 2010. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is so close to the Miles Plumley deal. It's crazy. Uh huh. Larry Sanders is around that ballpark too. John Henson, like, there's a lot of centers four for fifty. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it creeps up Easy. a little bit to inflation. I think. Oh no, Larry was was Larry, like four for forty. He was like four forty four. Yeah. If Don Maker hadn't requested trade four for fifty, <laughs> he would have. Let's not joke about that. that. That's possible. Yeah, we're coming up on two years of or three that he literally just put a stick of dynamite in his career and just blew it up. That's what he He's did. killing it in the G League right now. Oh, that's sad. Um, <laughs> but I think, what, what do you think, Rohan? I think you're the only, you just talked about the baby extension, the Bamba idea. I think Bamba, I don't know if it's necessarily possible. I feel like, I feel like the reporting out there on Bamba is probably, this is just me assuming things right now. Uh, you got to play trying, the game. You got to read into the reports. They're never exactly what they seem. I know. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm yeah, trying you know, to say I, I don't have any I, other information. No, I know. I'm I'm, fr- I'm just framing your I'm, – I'm letting the people yes. know what you're yes. cooking. Yes. So I think teams are sort of trying to downplay his value a little bit because early in the season, I feel like the reporting out of Orlando was like, oh, yeah, this guy, this guy is awesome. This guy is awesome. You guys, if you want him, you're going to need to pay a high price. And it's not like he's tailed off or anything. He's still producing pretty well for them. It's just all the reports are like, oh, maybe they're going to trade Bamba. Maybe they're going to trade Bamba. Like, do you, do you want Mo Bamba? Is that why you're saying <laughs> that you want Mo Bamba? I don't know. I still feel like Orlando, if they're going to trade him, they're going to want like a decently high price because he's still a young player. I don't know. I don't, well, I don't necessarily think it's doable. Going into restricted free agency and have his bird rights, like they could at least like squirrel some value out of that. Exactly. More than what the Bucks could offer. But I think it's I think it's realistically possible. I mean, I think if you're the Bucks, you're offering one to two guys in the same boat, and then maybe like a second round pick or two. And I think it works more than it, I would normally say it does, because let's be honest. I mean, John Hammond is John Hammond, but do they really want to pay another young center and just have two guys on a hundred million dollars over four years to two, probably neither of whom are all stars? If we're, I mean. No, pretty. That's not, not not really a hot take. I mean, Wendell Carter's yeah. look good, but not all star good. And I think they do they have Lopez for another year as well, or is he expiring? I think just a one year. Yeah, oh, he was okay. a mid level. But it's not even like 
you can say like, oh, we're not going to trade Rolo or buy him out because it's like, well, you still have like the veteran presence that he brings to a team that's currently last in the East, even may have the worst record in the league. Yeah. So like from that perspective, like Mo Bamba is not the veteran, you know, need that right. savviness of the locker room or whatever it is during a tough season. And that's where like, I could see where they could kind of, work out some deal that he just gets, you know, off shooted to a team that wants to have him yeah. get a look at him or something like that. And yeah. like, as we saw last year for the trade deadline, they're pretty quiet. Like no one knew, like there's a lot of noise around Nikola Vucevic, but it was a lot of like, we're not going to trade him. And then all of a sudden they have that huge day where they trade him, Aaron Gordon, someone else too. I'm forgetting. Oh yeah. 40. Yeah. 40. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they, they, I think that's also key in that, like, whatever reporting is out there now, you it's definitely you have to keep it with like a you know with some salt, a great oh, salt. Yeah. And just to to compound on that point of reasons they might, and all the reporting has been they they would like to keep Robin Lopez. I think if he asked for a buyout, they'd probably give it to him. There's been no indication that he wants one, and I think with more regular playing time, if they do trade Bamba, probably even less reason he would want one. Does sound like they're probably they're at least trying to move on from the only two other real vets on the team, right? Like, seems like everything I've heard is that Terrence Ross, like somebody, please give us two good seconds, and you can have Terrence Ross and Gary Harris kind of rehab the value over the last month. Yeah, I thought yeah. he was going to be a bad buyout guy. Right now, he looks like a good buyout guy, but more likely somebody trades for him to be, you know, backcourt depth. So if one or both of those guys moves, they get even younger, probably. And then Lopez potentially becomes more important as a voice in the locker room. So we'll see. Uh, I like the Bamba idea. I think it's one of those like it's a Portis-esque swing, right? Of If this guy works, he's on the timetable. And even easier than Bobby, there's a clear framework to keeping him. We know how John Horst feels about bird rights, at least in his quotes. Um, we know how he feels about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But anyway, but anyway, um, but yeah, I think Mo Bamba is intriguing. Um, Alex Len, deeply depressed. I, I don't. He's he's become pretty good. I I think I unfairly remember him as being terrible on as on his rookie deal. He's okay yeah. now. Where is so he? Derek Sacramento. He's on the Kings still. Yeah. Yeah. Derek Favors is very similarly depressing to me too. The the problem. I, I mean, he's him, he's fine. Like. I, I don't know. There was something like, I think it was when, because he's kind of bounced around. Yeah. Since leaving Utah, then he got traded to Pelicans, came back to Utah, and now is with the Thunder. And it's just like, not to bel- like belabor this point, but like when you're kind of like offloaded as like a salary dump to OKC, but you just hang on there. Like it wasn't like, oh, we're going to do a friendly deal for Kemba. He's like, no, I'll play. Like, I'll I'll stay in Oklahoma City. That's where it's just like, oh, uh, I can kind of get a little sad about. <laughs> and he's not played much, huh? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Does does being the highest paid player on the team hold some weight? Like, <laughs> I don't think I, I he is technically the highest paid player, but they also have like all like the dead cap hits that are just like sitting that like Kendall Kendall Walker is the highest paid player on the OKC Thunder this yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. Um, the thing for me with Favors is just I, he's probably not getting bought out. His next year is a player option. And I don't want to trade two rotation pieces for Derek Favors. He makes $9.7 million. 
So you're talking like I don't think you can can even get. I mean, you'd have to like include like George Hill, Hill right? or Pat. There's no way I'm trading either of those guys and Dante for Derek Favors. I think maybe if you do like Dante Shemi Hood, you get there. But then it's like you know how much tax is that adding for Derek Favors? Like at that point, it would have been cheaper to just have Boogie. And maybe I think Boogie yes. is probably an option at some point. He doesn't play in Denver. We'll see he if they like, retain he him. He had or not. three technicals in like thir- his first 13 minutes, which is like, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> I miss him so much. I know. I know. I'm hoping they don't sign him for the year. But okay. Those are those are Adams guys. Who wants to go first with your fake trade? Bucks. Si, you go first. My three teamer? We're just getting it out. Okay. Yeah, well, let's just do it. The Oklahoma City Thunder are involved, is involved. The Thunder is involved. The Bucks receive Mike Muscala and Kenrich Williams. Everyone Ooh. should have expected I trade for yep. Kenny Hustle. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I just think, talk about a defensive four. Not as good of a rebounder as PJ, but a lot younger and shoots much better. Oh, this year, PJ is, I don't know, like a triple-double, 54 he's, No, he's the, right he's the best three-point shooter in the I league percentage-wise this it's year. It's obscene. PJ is? Yeah. yeah. I knew it was good. I didn't know it was that good. Go wow. Home, it's I very mean. good. Just relax with the try-hard. Div- it's it's sickening how well it works. Um, but the Bucks get – so It works in the regular season, time. Yeah, fair. Um, <laughs> Muscala is like Derek Favors if he made a third as much and could shoot and was not very good defensively. I just think – So he's Ursan. But a little bigger. A little bigger than Ursan. I look at him. I've just as, always, I've always had a Mike Muscala Ursan comp just sitting in my head. Stop. They played all. I think were they on the same Sixers Hawks? They probably probably played with each other. Unless they couldn't, because they're actually the same guy. And they oh, that's straight off being out. <laughs> Ursan Muscala. <laughs> but I look at and and having a guy you could yell Moose for would be fun again too. It's been a while, but yeah. um, I look at him as though as like that backup center idea we talked about, where it's like. He's not going to play every night when they're healthy, but it'll be nice to have him over the next couple months. Um, and Kenny Hustle's the big acquisition. So then the Thunder don't get anyone, anything, any players from the Bucks. They do get a 2022 second round pick, but they get Rodney McGruder and Jeremy Grant from the Detroit Pistons. And the Pistons get Derek Favors, Dante Wara, and two bad firsts from Oklahoma City. So my thought for that, let me explain before you plan yeah. the trade. Shea Gildas Alexander has already signed his extension. I think it kicks in next year. And yeah, they're already, there's already fat teams, fan bases, and I think also teams pining to go get Shea Gildas Alexander from the wasteland that is Oklahoma City. As much as they might want to, they can't do this tanking thing forever. At some point, with Shea being as good as he is. They need to put a real team together. I think Jeremy Grant fits really well with Shea and Josh Giddy. I think he adds a little bit of what they need. And I think then you're like a center away and a couple of rotation pieces from a real basketball team. And I think they're going to need one of those eventually. Wow, you guys hate it. I'm looking at Rohan and I'm waiting for him. <laughs> can, can I explain the first? I do. First. I will say I do agree that they have to stop doing what they're doing. This is like the I, last year. And it's even better. Grant's like been hurt. So they can do that thing where they just lie and say he's hurt. And he yeah, plays like, like how five they do games. Corford. Yeah. He's going to play yeah. like five games for them. And then they lose a bunch still. Shea is now quote unquote hurt how, again too. Grant would he's come back actually hurt. to OKC too. What do you mean? Oh yeah. The next he year. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
So he's got another year. So that that's the year you're really trading for. And the yeah. two first they give up, one is actually Detroit's first, and it's super protected over the next five years. And either it either conveys as like a not top 10 first four years from now or a 2027 second. So honestly, you're just like giving Detroit like some flexibility back, probably more than anything. And the other one is Phoenix's first this year, which obviously is going to be 30. So do the Thunder really care to pick that much at 30? Last draft, they had to sell a first round pick for almost nothing because they just, they have too many. They don't have enough roster spots. So my thing is the Thunder get a second rounder and they get a good player. And I just think they could probably use some of those at some point. And they get off uh, favors. That's the only reason they're trading favors is just to not, then they only add 10 million for next year with Grant. Yeah. So, um, in the race of the NBA, the NBA arms race that is the NBA trade deadline, the team that gets Jeremy Grant is the Thunder. <laughs> Nobody else wants to go all in. I don't think the I'm, Bulls that just it's it. just taking me a little bit. To I know process it's a breaker. Is is the the Wizards? They're like a prominent suitor, right? Are they really just keep Kuzma. What? Why? The Wizards. I don't think it was. Well, I guess he doesn't get enough money. But like they have, I think the Wizards are more in for Sabonis. They're in for both. That that's I keep seeing both of them. That would be the most depressing trade deadline super team. They're like barely five hundred after the deadline after trading for two twenty million dollar plus players. (laughs) We did it. I mean, we 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 did ten and ten with these guys. It's great. Okay, okay, Ty. About your trade though, for the Bucks, I like it. I like it. It's good. I just I'm I'm. If you're trading for Jeremy Grant, you're extending, which I know yeah. you took into account. Yeah, you well, have. He has another year; he's not expiring. But yeah, after that. I know, but yeah, you yeah. like that's that's been the noise is that whoever's trading for Jeremy Grant, they're going to extend Jeremy Grant. Yeah, yeah. It's just I don't. This, this broke guy. me. This broke me. Imagine I, if they, they find any center, right? I don't think they really. I think JRE is okay. I don't know that much, but let's say either he's good or they find a center. Then you get Shea, Dort, Giddy, Jeremy Grant, a center. It's like probably a, a good team, at least a solid team. It's a fun team. Mm-hmm. Grant it is. It is a good team. Guy. I like. I like the. I like the construct of this. You might be onto something here. I doubt it, but it would be fun. I think it'd be <laughs> dope. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's not not expecting that. Well, really, I got I I came to it because I was like, the something that sucks about trades is salary matching, but yeah. not all teams have to. The Thunder are it's actually kind of close because of favors, but like the Pistons lose seven point five million off their books because of this deal. The Thunder only take on like five million, but they could take on a lot more because they're like seventeen million below the cap right now. So they can take on whatever they want as long as they finish a trade below the cap. So you get to get funkier. And obviously, if if the Grant thing is stupid, the trade can just be simplified to Bucks and, and Thunder, and it's a lot less fun. But I like the yeah. Grant uh, the Grant sauce in there. <laughs> it, it definitely is sauce. I'll say that. I'm gonna, I want to run this past the uncontested guys. I feel like they're going to hate it. And Laz. Uh, Laz might hate it, too. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> or they might like it. Who knows? I guess we'll see. Maybe they'll email it to Sam Presti. He'll get hives at the thought of trading two first-round picks for a 27-year-old. Wait, he's like, wait, I'm the one giving up picks here? <laughs> I'm only taking back one pick. I don't I know if I can sure, 
He's like scratching his eye. I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what where I saw this, but is it true that they won a first rounder for Kenny Hustle? Well, here's the thing. So uh, on the low reportedly post, on the low post, Zach said he, if he was Utah, he is not sending a first for him, basically, and like and, and bad players for salary. I thought that was interesting because Utah's first is like a nothing burger, and I think that's the kind of player who could really help Utah. So. I think they might want it. I don't know if if they actually are going to get it, though. Like, if Utah is not trading a first for him, who is? That's a good point. Because, I mean, that's Utah's need, right? Like, perimeter defense, like, number one, A1. That's their thing. Especially, I mean, I'm not saying Joe Ingles is a all-NBA defender, but he was at least someone that could move. Yeah, I mean, at least his role, this season, he's gone. some deterioration, but yeah, he's like a yeah. good two-way useful wing, and yeah, he's not there anymore. That's the thing, too, is that like, I mean, yeah, I think like we talked about, even last deadline, Kenrich Williams was like a guy that was like, oh, like he would be really interesting on this team. And you look at the contract that he's on, and it's like, are you, like, it's it's, it's tailor made for a team like the Bucks that cannot trade. They can only trade pennies. Yeah, and you're just like, how do you get this guy? It's like, well, you have to have a first round pick. It's like, damn, we traded all those already. <laughs> if they if they hold to that bargaining tactic, which he also said that he wanted to retire with the Thunder, which is very that's a very bold provocation. I mean, you could be one of their first, like their second retired jersey at this point. Yeah, I mean, number two, not, Darren. That Collins, is true. Yeah. Uh, Nick Collison. Collison. Nick Collison. Darren Collison. Yeah. Is yeah. I was like, why would they? <laughs> yeah. Do not retire Darren Collison's jersey. Oh, um, my God. Kenny Hustle. This is actually, it's funny. It was a Pelicans deal. Three years, six million, two per year, third year non guaranteed, which doesn't And that really came matter. as part of the Drew trade. Oh, yeah. So the Bucks kind of necessitated this oh. that whole thing. Let's, let's close the loop. Bring mm-hmm. him back. Okay, enough about Kenny Hustle and Jeremy Grant to the Thunder. Okay, as fun as Jordan. Jordan, who's your trade? What's your trade? Okay, these are not great names, um, and it's not. It's very just simple, cut and dry. Some so of it's them, realistic. Just, yes. Yeah. Probably more so than I care to admit, and it's not very fun. <laughs> uh, but I try to get out of my like, hey, this guy is interesting. Um, Garrett Temple was a guy that came to mind, not doing well at all this year. Terrible. I, I was like, okay, that's not. Let's not go there. Wing defender, but it was like your kind of like stock wing defender. I kind of got a little creative and I wanted to see if it could, you know, jive with what's being reported. Again, take reporting around this time, great with salt. So, shot for the moon for a team that is in the mix of the West. They're, I believe, they're like eighth. So, they're in the play, play in region. What if the Bucks try to trade for like Nick Batum? Ooh, I actually do think it does feel like the Clippers are open for business. That's so it's hard to really read which way they're going to go. If they do they want to still do this plan dance? I mean, they could still make the plan because like the Kings are 11th and they're so bad, or no, New Orleans is, and they still might make it. Yeah. The one thing is that they need apparently they're looking for point guard help, and Dante DiVincenzo is not a point guard. You know, <laughs> depends. I mean, we know that he's not a point guard. Do they know that? That's the problem. It's, does Jerry Maybe Weston, people not watching Bucks games is a good thing here. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. So that's where I kind of got a little bit like, hey, maybe that's a kind of an interesting. I mean, he's affordable. Um, I 
but I, that was my kind of like dream target, I would say. Another guy that came to mind too is Jermichael Green. Kind of a weird situation where Denver just always has too many bodies. Um, Jeff Green probably playing, I think, is playing better than him. Yeah. Even though there's been noise about him being among the, there's I'd take there. either of the Jay Greens on the, uh, yeah, on the both Nuggets. Look good to me. Same, yes. <laughs> Especially after watching them someday. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think like eventually Nuggets are banking on Murray. It, that's where it kind of gets a little tough where, okay, if you send a guy like Dante or, I mean, Dante's only a person of value. They have Austin Rivers. They have Bones Highland. They have Composo. They have, who's another? I mean, they just traded for Bryn Forbes. Like, they have a lot oh, yeah. of backcourt guys that it's like it maybe a little tougher. But Jermichael Green's another kind of like guy, switchy defender that can kind of be. He's not a great center. He's a decent forward, but I think kind of fills that role of, you know, play off of Giannis so you can get a little bit more defensive, I don't know, intensity, focus, all that stuff, all the stuff that they need. The athleticism would be nice too because yes. like for as strong as Shemi is, he's not like an explosive athlete. So having some No one on like this Bucks team is an explosive athlete outside of Giannis. Thanasis. How dare commentary. you forget yeah, the highest? Oh, yeah, Thanasis. In the rotation, in the rotation. <laughs> but like, this is something that I've wanted on this team for a while. Is like literal bounce. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like even like Pat. Sure, he's bouncy. What are you throwing lobs to Pat Connison? Like, is he is he like an actual like vertical spacing threat? No. <laughs> like, yeah, we don't Bob, know that yet, though. Bobby is probably the closest. <laughs> yeah, Bobby's the closest, and he's like slow footed for his size. Yeah, he's not like a. Like, uh, Roll down the rim and throw down a dunk. He's like a he's he's like a gather and then leaper. Yeah, it's sense. just slow. Yeah, <laughs> like every like even his uh, even his jump shot. Like everyone yeah. gets there and contests the shot because it takes him five years to shoot it. Just get some athletes on the team. Batum is not that, but he would be fun. No, and, no. Uh, the salary at three point one million this year, and then does he have an option? Yes, he does. Player option. Okay, so yeah, he's either around or not. But and you can get there salary wise, like Wara and Shemi, and you're there. I don't yeah. know. You probably have he's to also throw like around pick, but he's also someone that I think if you're kind of like constructing a buck steal for like a veteran, and you want value, I mean, he's playing as good as he has ever played. Yeah, in part because of the role that he has, but. I do think there's like some more value that you get out of him than, you know, if it's like, oh, we want to like, we know that, or well, we all thought that maybe they would try to get PJ back, but they could have, they obviously looked at it as more of a rental. But two would still have value to them, even when you're trading one of their, if you're trading Dante for him or whatever. Yeah. You would still like, you're putting one of your chips on the table, but you can still say, oh, we can want to bring Batum back next year. We know the history with that, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that might that might not be um, as apt. But those are the guys I, I came up with. It's not it's I, not a list. I like Batum partially because I think whether it's Dante or Wara or I guess both. If you are the Clippers, maybe the best team in a position to say like we're kind of punting this year, but we have a lot of minutes to try and develop role players. So we are interested in like we're going to give Dante and Wara. 
a bunch of starts, a bunch of opportunity, and see if we can retain either for next year when Kawhi and PG are back. Yeah. I think that would be their move, basically. That was the thing looking around is you have like these key, or not to step on what Rohan's targets might be, but like there are the the bad teams. But there's not like, again, like last year there was a PJ Tucker on those bad teams or like, I can't think of another. Or is there? Oh. Oh. Whoa. Oh. Well, I I will give the floor to (laughs) Rohan. Okay. You want to know a team that's really struggling right now out in the Western Conference? The Kings. Lakers? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of them. I shouldn't yeah. have just let the them Lakers. Uh, Blazers? Yes. The Portland Trail Blazers. Oh, oh no. Oh, God. Okay. It's not who you guys think. Good. I think I do know, though. So, Mr. Uh, Mr. Patrick himself, Larry Nance Jr. Okay. Larry Nance Jr. If you're talking athletes, if you're talking someone who can Mr. play the Patrick. four. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> that bleacher report video. I just can't. Yeah, it, it'll <laughs> that's iconic. That is goodness absolutely gracious. iconic. Um, <laughs> but uh he's someone who's a capable athlete. He can space the floor, like maybe not insanely amounts. He's not shooting that well right now in Portland, but through his career, he's been like a mid-30s, mid to high 30s uh three-point shooter. So someone who's capable. Uh, someone who's definitely capable of rolling, creating out of the short roll, can size up, can size down, downsize, whatever we established earlier. He might be this year's P.J. Tucker. He might be. You can get the salaries to work if you include Dante, Shemi Hood, and obviously you need to give some picks uh, to the Blazers because he's only making uh, 10 mil, 10, like 10 and a half, and he's descending. So it's not like a terrible contract. I think he'd fit really well on this team. He is, he's what, six, seven. He's like profiles as a stretch big, but he's also capable, like I mentioned earlier, of creating out of the short roll, creating just in general, having someone else who you can trust to have the ball in their hands who's not named Giannis, Chris, or Drew. And, and he can defend. I think my biggest, I, I almost like it better if you don't think Brooke is going to make it back. Just be, I just like pick and roll guys sometimes just don't work that well on the Bucks because they just don't do it enough. And I, I don't know if he would be very good if he played with Brooke. But I do think if it was like he and Giannis, those lineups could be fun. But that that's that'd be my main concern. I feel like that probably is what he does best in some ways. And I just don't know if the skill set matches that well, but I do think he's intriguing. And I'm probably more interested in him than Roko. Although I just I'm so tired of Robert Covington, I do think he'd probably be helpful. But I'm just so tired of Robert Covington. He's like I I don't want to be a part of like this team to be a part of the Robert Covington discussion. So I just don't want him on the team. Yeah, honestly, it's just boring at this point. Like who cares? Like I don't know why a player like Robert Covington, who's just never been like a star player, he's like been a good rotation guy for years now has just been the center of so many debates. Like, come on, are we having he's, so many debates about, like, Thaddeus Young, about, like, Tony Snell? Like, so many debates about, I don't know, Urson? I Just, like, these type of guys. Like, what, what's the why? Why? He's the Jay, he has the Jake Crowder-type contract that always makes him trade fodder. Yeah. Because he's, I mean, he, what? He was on Minnesota, gets traded to Houston, gets traded to Portland, and it's uh, it just, like, Sixers before all of it. 
yeah, Sixers before like it's been like diminishing returns where he is a good player. Like he, you ask him to defend well, he's an okay shooter, more of like high volume shooter, not the greatest um, percentage wise. But like, yeah, he's just kind of stuck in this. Like, oh, he just goes from team to team to team to team, and then it's all depending on situation where if he can play up to his role and everybody around him is like perfectly in place. That's where you could say like, oh, well, put him on a team next to Drew Holiday, Giannis, um, Chris Middleton. It's life is a lot easier for Robert Covington. Where whereas like when he was on Houston or even with the Blazers the last couple of years. They'd be like, "Oh, you're gonna have to defend the best time or best guy on the other team every night." Whereas, like, it would be a little different where he doesn't have to have like necessarily the same um, role or like the, like we need you to be the best defender on our team every night. But I also think having high expectations about Robert Covington has also kind of blown up. In it has a lot of doomed space. four teams in a row. Four yeah. teams in a row have thought Robert Covington could be the fourth best. The Rockets thought he was a center on their because, title team. Yeah, well, him and PJ, but yeah, I but mean, then he had to play that yes. with their small ball unit. But he hasn't yeah. always. I mean, it, Philly thought he was, and they had Jimmy Butler and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. He wasn't. He didn't have to be the best defender there. No, he was part of the Jimmy Butler trade. Oh, never mind. But yeah, he had the other the other two guys. He was in Philly for longer than I remembered on some some yeah. of the actual good Philly teams. Then Minnesota. Thought that he could be, you know, an elite player for a little bit, maybe not elite, and then Houston, and then Portland, and it's just like they were all wrong. He's not. He's like he's really more of a maybe a fifth starter, maybe coming off the bench. I just think people get so juiced about him. He's literally at his prime was like roughly Pat Connaughton, and I think now I think Pat's a little better. Who's better right now, Wes Matthews or Robert Covington? Wes Matthews. It's a, it's a it's a question would, though. It is a question. I would still say Covington just because I do think he does a little bit more. I would West. say Covington too. I don't but trust him to hit a shot. That's also the problem. I mean, he's I still I still have uh, this year. I, I have ten, like I still have uh, hesitation trusting West to hit a shot. <laughs> I trust West this year more. Something's different with Wes. I, I'm all in. West, this year West is different. I'll this say this year West is yeah. different. Rocco did shoot like 80 percent last year, but yeah, 34 this year, 33 the year before that, then 37, 37, 33, 35. Like I, I don't know. I just I don't think the defense is a. It's league average three point shooting. Yeah. And yeah. I honestly, I think Wes is a slightly better defender. I know he's smaller, and it seems like Roko would be better. But like Wes played solid defense on Kevin Durant. I think I think Kevin Durant would like playing against Robert Covington more than Wes Matthews is the way I'll put it. Yeah, I think Wes is just stronger. He is. That's yeah. Covington is more longer, and I mean he's always been really good at playing passing lanes. And- that's because that's what he's. That's what his defensive acumen is. Like yep. he's not. Like the greatest ISO he's, defender of all time. That's, that's never that what he's always, been. Yep. The more you put people him in just get confused. Like, yeah. It kind well, of people people think like if you're a good things. defender, that means like, oh yeah, you can take guys one on one. No, that's not what a good defender means necessarily. Yeah, it's kind there of are multiple. I know it is. I'm saying there's multiple yeah. facets to defense that people don't take into account, and I feel like the like the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the profile of Robert Covington is just like, oh yeah, great defender, which means he'll get the best player every night. He's going to be a great ISO defender. No, he's not. That's not. That's not Robert Covington. It never has been, and never will be. Yeah, which it's is just he's, he's he, 
He's a good system defender. Yeah, which yeah. is why he was never a great defender. Yeah, exactly. That's like, yeah, that's the like he got this profile because he's like he's on good defense. He's part of good defensive teams, but it's like if you're not going to be able to stop guys, you know, on a, at least a good amount of time for defense, well, like when you are the on-ball defender, you're not that great of a defender. Like yeah. team defense is useful, but I mean, a teams will find the ways to pick on the guys who can't get stops consistently. And I'm not saying he can't, but. Uh, yeah, no, it's just, not like he's a bad ISO defender. No, it's just like he's, he's, he's just fine. Just like he's above average. Just like yeah, Pat Connaughton. I, I think he's better than Pat on the defensive end a little bit, but not that much. So do we do we like Larry Nance? I feel of. like we talk more about the guy we were not trading for. <laughs> in fairness, the guy I think who's been in more trade rumors this year. Yes. Um, yeah. But I kind. I don't, what do you think, Jordan? I kind of like Larry Nance. I I I like him a lot. And I do agree with like Rohan that they they need like an athlete at the four slash five who could kind of do exactly what Larry Nance does. Like, yeah, you lose a little bit of shooting, but he's also kind of he plugs in a lot of different ways that you could kind of neutralize that, or at least like that doesn't have to be as big of a deficiency as it looks on paper. Um it it, it would I do think there is something to the fact of, of like it would be a thing of like if Brooke, for whatever reason, knock on wood, I'm knocking all the wood I see around my computer right now. Um, if he doesn't come back, that would be like, okay, last ditch effort. Let's bring in a guy who can kind of fortify the front court, does a little bit of a different dimension, which would be key for like bench lines where you're just not like throwing those guys out there just to kind of like eat up minutes at sometimes. <laughs> Um, I think from that standpoint, he would be really interesting. And he's under contract for another year too, so it's not like he's an under an, or an expiring. Like you would have value from that um, angle too. So I do like it. I think it's it again. I, it is bolder. I'm I'm never one for bold trades, obviously, <laughs> as, as my trade targets look. But like, I do think there is something that he could bring to the Bucks that would be really intriguing. And it's not like even if you lose shooting, it did, PJ wasn't a great shooter in the playoffs. <laughs> That's no. the thing. Like, yeah, if you're – he can usually be a guy that can stay in the corner or if you're, like, on possessions or stuff like that where it's like, yeah, they're, they might be, might not be the greatest shooter from, you know, where the Bucks historically look to have, like, a lot of shooting. But there's ways to go around that. Like you said, like, PJ just stood in the corner and sometimes it went in, sometimes it didn't, but it didn't hurt them to the effect of, like, he was still so integral to their, you know, winning the title last year and yeah. playing thirty plus minutes a night. Okay, I, 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 you guys won me over a little bit. Um, we're running short on time, so quickly, the trades that could shake up the conference or the league. I think the obvious one is Ben Simmons going somewhere because Philly gets players who will actually play back, and Philly has looked good even without that. And maybe Ben, I don't, I don't know if Ben Simmons is going to go to a team in the East that would really change anything where he arrives, at least not for this year. But I think just Philly having more pieces is probably the part of that. I think, that. yeah, mine was the Kings getting uh, Ben Simmons. I know both of the, both teams have like come out and say like, yeah, we're not doing this. 
that usually means there's something there. <laughs> like the Kings always say they're not going to trade the guy, then immediately trade the guy. Yeah. Like it's just, it's true of what they do. <laughs> like just ask, ask DeMarcus Cousins, ask, uh, I forget <laughs> who the other, but most recent example is DeMarcus Cousins. Buddy Hill. But yeah, they, I don't, I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. But if, if the Sixers get guys like Harrison Barnes, like I know there was like a, there's like a weirdly massive trade uh, proposed, like Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris to the Kings for like Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, and Halliburton. That would make the Sixers really, really good. Yeah, <laughs> that would make the Sixers very good. Yeah, they're yeah, they kind of they've taken on the Orlando Magic. We're not going to trade Nikola or Nikola Vucevic, and maybe they don't. I don't know if they they if they truly are out of the Ben Simmons angle, but they also are at a position where like you can still have everybody together and they're as bad as they are. And then like, I don't know they're such a weird team and they're always in the trade deadline. It's always someone going from that team to another team. that looks like, okay, the Kings just made another trade and doesn't solve what happens in Sacramento. No, it's a cycle of mediocrity. Yes. It's terrible. Um, yeah, Simmons is always, I mean, if Daryl Morey just stops doing what he is doing, like, it, 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 like, we, they, keep doing it, Daryl, keep doing it. I know exactly. Like extend this title window for the bugs even further. If you really want to, like, it is just, it's the sleeping giant. If they, they could just bring in like, not all-star players or the players that they want back and they could be so good and i would really like respect them and be afraid of them if they just stop doing this whole dance of i don't even know what to call it at this point just this gridlock i don't know um but yeah bed is definitely i i don't know if jeremy grant i I just don't know where he would go that i would care that much like if it is the wizards and stuff like that it's like great maybe they get out of the play-in. I mean, they're not in the play-in. Maybe they can right make now. the play-in. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That doesn't really they, shake up anything. They can they can trade for DeMontis Sabonis and Jeremy Grant and still lose to Toronto in the play-in and then not go to the playoffs. That's yeah. Entirely. What if, like, I mean, that's uh, what happened last year. Yeah. They made the move with Westbrook and then – or wait, no. They made the playoffs. Yeah. They, 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 but they just got trucked. Westbrook sold so hard. Like I think they actually could have pushed Philly in that series and Westbrook blew like three fourth quarters. Um, but the Bulls, the Bulls got Vucevic and then didn't make the play in. Yep, that's right. Harrison yeah. Barnes is like he's a useful player. To, where like he's kind of in that Grant area or area where it's like useful player. Does he land on a team that will move like affect standings this yeah. year? Probably not. The salary is just so high. That's the other thing too. Um, is there anyone else? If the Celtics manage to get a point guard, I won't care. Yeah, it might Something's be off. Gone. Something's off. I, unless unless they actually trade smart and it turns out smart, I don't, which I don't think, but maybe. But something's just off with that team. They have 15 players only meetings a month. Like it, they're not going to yeah. win a lot until they figure out what the hell is going on there. And who knows what the answer is? Maybe if they win more, it would help. Maybe it, it does work that way. But I'm not going to fear the Celtics this year. I don't. I don't think there's anything they could do. I don't think there has been anything they could have done since losing out on Anthony Davis, quite honestly. Um, but like, which I, they did to themselves. Yeah. AD yeah. AD's dad was like, "Yeah, no." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the Isaiah Thomas thing. 
Yep. Is there anything? John Collins. Again, like what? Where? Like if they if, if they, Philly? Yeah, I was gonna say that, Philly. Is that if they do the Simmons? That'd be would, interesting. Would you be more afraid of Philly or Atlanta? Philly. I don't know if I like John Collins in Philly. It's a fit. weird fit. It feels like they kind of have the same Tobias Harris problem. Like they're almost too big. I don't I don't think the problem necessarily is that they're too big. I think it's like they're too they're too lethargic. Yeah. Especially John if, Collins if, is John Collins does not like make that problem continue. Like well, what are they are they finding a way to deal Tobias or do they have all three? Could have all three. I don't yeah. like that for them at all. I feel like Tobias plays more as a three though rather than a four. It's just so weird. It's a weird, it is a weird thing. And I, also, I like, think they'd be better. I well, yeah, think I, I, nothing at this no. point. Yeah. Yeah. But it also doesn't solve like their, I mean, their Tyrese Maxey is turning out to be a really good player. Yeah. That's the difference for them. But as that's like their only point guard ball, like lead ball handler. Yeah. Like I know Embiid's their, you know, engine. Yeah. He's but, their Embiid. Yeah. <laughs> but he can't alone get him the ball. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like it still comes when it, you know, it's playoff time and it's really about execution and strategy and how teams, you know, defend teams, other teams in ways that you don't see in the regular season. That's going to be a big problem. That's part of why they still, I guess, Daryl Morey still feels like Ben Simmons could be a good fit for their team and all this leverage and all this stuff like that. Like, I don't know. Like, I think. Jack Collins is always going to be a trade where that's it. Just feels like that's yeah. his, his lot in life. Because whenever the Hawks are not doing well, it's oh, Jack Collins said something, and yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, um, I I do think I think Sacramento is probably my scariest Simmons trade team. If if you're getting Halliburton back or Fox or even just Barnes and and uh, Healed, like like Indiana, I because Brogdon can't be traded. If you want to go get. Yeah. Um, Karis LeVert and Sabonis Sabon- wouldn't make any sense. TJ Warren's not playing. That'd be a little scary, I guess, if they had LeVert and – I don't know if LeVert's even that good. Like, I'm not worried about that. Um, I don't know who else is. Portland, if they want to bring over poor CJ McCollum, I, I wouldn't be that afraid of CJ and, and Embiid. Embiid's really good. Do you think CJ wants to go to the Phillies medical staff? Probably not. Probably not. The good luck with a- James Harden then. <laughs> they're really big on that. Like, hmm. I was gonna ask uh, the Nets. The Nets can't really do anything, right? No. Like no. they they can get rid of one of their old forwards and maybe like sign a guy, but they then unless they trade Joe Harris, which they won't. That's that's a really and well apparently and now his recovery has not gone well with his ankle surgery, which like nothing there is going well. They're a mess. Yeah. They are a mess. Six straight the quotes. The quotes are in amazing content, though. Oh, yeah. It's just like Harden saying, if you touch a guy, it's two free throws. Now you can't do anything defensively. It's just awesome. Kyrie saying, we we can't really all play together. It's like awesome. Yeah. It's like, he good also job, guys. There's, there's ways to where you could play, together, <laughs> way, play way to together. Way to be completely self-aware of who you guys are as players. Also, he said teams know. are playing playoff adjustment basketball against us after they lost, after they to, lost the to the Kings. Kyrie, yeah. you the Kings yet committed to Duke the last time the Kings made the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> like what who on that team knows anything about playoff adjustments besides Harrison Barnes? 
Kyrie hadn't even committed to a high school yet the last time the Kings made the playoffs. Yeah. What was it, 04? Something 06. like that. Oh, was it 06? Maybe maybe yeah. he was in high school. I apologize. He might have been in high school. Um, yeah, playoff adjust. Yeah, did De'Aaron Fox's playoff mode. It's scary. Harrison Barnes, playoff killer. Just ask the 2016 Warriors about that one. He did, he did well in 2015, though. He did. He's a he fine did. player. He's, a, he's gotten yeah. better. I, I would I would love Harrison Barnes on the books. It's just not feasible. Yeah. No, too much salary. Um, okay. Do we have any other uh, any other trades that would shake up the league, or just any other any the, other last thoughts on this trade deadline? If the Bulls get Jeremy Grant, I think they're better. It doesn't sound like they're going to do it. Yeah, I, I don't think they're them. better. Yeah, they're better. I don't know if they're win the East better, but I feel like. Had he not gotten hurt, Miles Turner may have been in this discussion, but maybe. I, I don't know what team he would go to that, at least in the East, that he would change that much for them. I think Jordan says the Bucks. No, I, I think that's a that's a big swing. If we're avoiding no. big swings, that's Charlotte's always been kind of an interesting oh, yeah. team yeah. for him. But like that's also because they who's their starting center right now? Miles Plumley, right? Or Mason, no? Mason, right? Mason Plumlee. Yeah, <laughs> it's more of like, yeah, can he get actually like a starting center? <laughs> Not yeah. like something that you say declare as a starter, You're right? Um, yeah, I can't think of any other like guys that would shake up the landscape. I mean, teams in the West, it seems like the Suns would probably make and like maybe they go get Eric Gordon or something. That's probably the most dramatic thing they do. They they could be better. That's scary. They're really good. Yeah, they want a shooter probably. Yeah, I think so. But I think um, they're probably not going to change their starting lineup. No. So Golden uh, State, they're really, I mean, record wise, they're second, but like, there's still something. They're falling they apart a little bit. Draymond's. Well, because Draymond, yeah. Well, and yeah, that's can't true. Yeah. Shot anymore. And Clay's, that's going to be tough to kind of integrate him back in. So, yeah, you're kind of seeing why they didn't go all in and trade Kaminga and Moody and everything for Sabonis or whatever. Cause yeah, I mean, Moody's Steph, look, Moody had a great game last, last well, yeah, night. Like if, if Steph Clay and Draymond are all not a hundred percent, doesn't matter if you have Sabonis, you're not going to beat the Suns. Like yeah. you need those guys to be playing at apex levels. So um, in Utah again, was, I don't, does anyone care if Utah gets Kenny hustle? It's, I think it's done. Yeah, I, I don't think they like How many other. screen assists is Kendrick Williams going to have? We'll see. <laughs> what, are the Lakers going to trade uh, Kendrick Nunn and uh, Taylor Horton Tucker for Eric Gordon? Surprisingly, his value, THG's value is really low. Can't believe the guy making two dollars <laughs> a year who can't hit a shot is is not. I don't know. That, that, Eastern, that Eastern G, GM who said he was going to get a max contract is just shaking in his boots right now. Jerry West literally flamed the – Lakers organization. I wish I would have played for another team where my <laughs> like, oh, okay. Ever since I don't know if he left or if he was like ousted, but ever since he left that front office, it's he is not. There's been no love lost. You he, know what's you know what's wild? It's ever since Mitch Kupchak left the Lakers yeah. front office, they've been really struggling. And everyone was like, "Oh, Mitch has got to go. Mitch has got to go." Look at what Charlotte's doing. Yeah. yeah. I think we all owe Mitch Kupchak an apology, and those are words I did not think uh, I'd ever say. He still did sign Timothy Mozgov. And Luel Deng. <laughs> he gave like $150 million to those guys. In 10 in the minutes. The first 10 I think, minutes of free I think that was just like AARP stuff. Benefits. Tibbs AARP. You only have to be yeah. 30 to qualify. 
I think anyone can actually join AARP. Um, there's a, a fun fact of the of, of the. Uh, That's how we sign off our trade up. Anybody can join our. Hey, no free ads. No free ads. Uh, okay, if we're talking about that, I think we should wrap this yeah, up. Yeah. Say thank you for listening to this episode here on the Eurostep Podcast Network. If you did enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you rate five stars on Apple, Spotify. Make sure you leave a review. If you want to uh, get that read on the pod, Ty, do we have a review? We do. We got one okay. more. Nick M. Jones, one, 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 one. Uh, the headline is five stars, of course. Got to be five stars to get read. Headline, best bucks pod. Very succinct. Good, good headline. Strong. The review, hands down my favorite Bucks pod and also actually my favorite pod, in quotes, probably due to my love of the Bucks, end quotes. That's a very nice review. That's a very, there we go. Yeah, very succinct. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. Glad we can provide you guys good content. That that does mean a lot. Thank you, Mike, whatever the numbers were. Nick. Uh, Nick. I said Nick. <laughs> I thought you said Mike. Did I say Mike? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I heard Mike. I, oh, no. I'm <laughs> Okay, uh, we, should, we, should, we should stop. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to the Substack, gspn.substack.com. Subscribe to the YouTube uh, pod random, and we will talk to you next time. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.